Hey, audio listener, you know there's video, right? Now, I, I get it. Some of you are on the road, so you have to download this, take it with you on a plane. Some of you read through Braille. So this is your only option. But for other people, there are exclusive sketches and visual elements. This is a night, nightly show uh, over there on YouTube or for Mug Club members. Ladderwithcredit.com slash Mug Club. The show is daily beyond the clips that you just get on YouTube or here on iTunes. It's $99 for the year, $69 annually. Ladderwithcredit.com slash Mug Club. But I get it. You're an audio-only guy or gal. There is no changing your mind. Enjoy the show. I don't know what to say. Really. Only three minutes to the biggest midterms of the last two years. It all comes down to today. Now either we heal as a mug club or we crumble. We're in progressive hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stand around and get the shit kicked out of us. Or we can claw our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell. Now I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I mean, I look at all these young mug clubbers' faces and I think, I made every wrong choice a late 20s, early 30-year-old's guy could make. I, uh, I pissed off all the social media giants. I pushed away every Hollywood agent who's ever represented me. And lately, I can't even stand watching the clip of Anna Kasparian telling me she's fucking better than me. You know, when you come out as a conservative, things get taken from you. I mean, that's a part of life. But you only learn that part when people start calling you a Nazi. And you find out that life is a game of inches. And so's Mug Club. They're trying to shut us down before this election. The inches we need are everywhere around this mug club. Hell yeah. And this mug club, we fight for that inch. In this mug club, we tear ourselves to pieces, throw ourselves at super videos, we change minds, and we even make tranny jokes for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those mug club ballots and all those minds changed. That's gonna mean the fucking difference between winning or losing. And either we vote now as one mug club or we get banned. That's individual. That's mug club, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are you gonna do? Join Mug Club today and vote or die as individuals.
That was my Bozo the Clown oh. inflatable boxing bag when oh. I was a kid. It used to kick the crap out of me. <laughs> Comes back even, I had no idea. Yeah. It took me about four times of boom, snap. What the hell just happened? <laughs> uh, for me, really, speaking you? of which, uh, I was 14. I was 14. <laughs> yeah, it happened after I got my butt kicked in the male's locker room, in gym locker room. Uh, right. Daniel Cormier is in the show today. Boom. Boom. Speaking DC, of butt kicking. Yeah. Light heavyweight champion, heavyweight champion, probably Gosh. his last fight coming up on Saturday. Really? And uh, his manager is a fan, and he's just a decent guy. We'll be talking a little bit more right. in general about, about fear, about life, about strength. You're probably a fan. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, that's actually, for those who don't know, in third chair, <laughs> Nim the Great on yeah, Twitter, yeah, yeah. and it's just Eric Nimmer on Instagram. Right? Yeah. Comedian. He tours a lot with uh, with Owen. Uh, very funny gentleman. What's the wine of the day at G. Morgan Jr.? We have a little uh, Taylor Flatgate late bottle vintage port. Taylor Flatgate. Oh, oh by, the, by the way, I had an old bottle of port that turned out it was it was, it was good. great. It was like a, we tried it. You praised it. Quarter black. Show, yeah. show Nimmer your hood pass. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Follow me on Black Twitter. I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> black Twitter. I want to see some black on black <laughs> violence erupt right now. Right now. Well, Go. Mean, Nimmer, you have my full and complete authority. We're having. Uh, and we're going to talk about the election. By the way, everyone. Oh yeah, that's. Talking yeah. about the election, yeah. the polls. Ugh. So question of the day before we get to other stories. Um, right around the corner, what do you think about the polls? Do you trust the polls? Do you think the pollsters get it right? How valid are they, if at all? Are you expecting a blue wave? I think we're probably going <laughs> – why is that so – it's like it's going to be more Whatever. of a pond ripple at this point. <laughs> but what are you thinking yeah. with the polls? I hear a lot of people going, well, the polls got it completely wrong before, so polls are completely invalid. I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I don't think that uh, you know they're the end-all, be-all. Don't let it manipulate your voting behavior. Right. However, right. that's what's Absolutely, most yeah. important. Uh, and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, and uh, let's get Instagram to verify me. Our top yeah. story today. Good luck. Kanye West, uh, well, not really even today, but people are still talking about it because yeah. he won't go away. Uh, he announced on Twitter that he's distancing himself from politics. Aww. Yeah. Uh, from BBC. My eyes are now wide open, and I now realize I've been used to spread messages I don't believe in. I'm completely focusing on the creative also, I'm Jesus. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being crazy. Uh, is what you this mean. is like, I mean, I wish we had, we'll, we'll run a clip at some point, probably in the audio only version if you're not on iTunes because we, that can't uh, go out live. Remember when the Kanye thing happened? I think yeah. you might have been here and I said, hold on a second. This is the guy, like, he's going to change back. Yeah. Let's stop with the hero yeah. work. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was kind of crazy to begin with, a little bit, right? He's a little crazy. Well, actually, crazy. yeah, you know, we have exclusive of his new single. And I mean, if you listen closely, even according to his, if you look at where he is lyrically, he's he seems a little confused. La, 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 wait till I get my opinions right. I had a dream I could get with Owens Candace. Said the sun revolved around the Earth's. I was my guy for about a second. Man, it's so hard not to change positions. Don't know what I think, I kinda guessed it. Hard to know the truth when you were just the bestest. Liberal then, my guy, then again a liberal. George Bush. Still don't care about black people. Logic keep escaping me. Even as a baby mama couldn't get through to me. My sneakers pay less screwing me. I'm on Twitter begging you just to buy them, please. I'm just telling you the truth, man. I ain't completely literate. I don't know how to read, man. I was pro-Trump till I changed him. I guess I didn't get the acronym. La, 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 la. Wait till I get my opinions right. La, 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 then you're gonna buy my sneakers, right? Excuse me, did you buy my sneakers? Nah, you didn't buy my sneakers. We just wanted half of you to <laughs> yeah. walk out right away. And mission accomplished. Right away. <laughs>
that that didn't really take a, a long a long no, time for that to come around to be, because uh, yeah, confused. I, he he got somebody had to be in his ear, ear like just are you are you insane? By the way, way apparently a lot of people didn't realize. You know his you you know you must know this, Eric, right? His sneakers tanked. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Yeezys. See, every, yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone, everyone, no, now you're acting know. like you know. Yeah, I knew. You did not know before the show. Yeah, Nims. He wasn't here yet, and they were all like, "What are you talking about, sneakers?" Yeah, no, the Yeezys. But I didn't. They were terrible. I just want to be the one on the record saying that all of his opinions aren't wrong. Taylor Swift is terrible. <laughs> I, I agree with she that. She remade Earth, Wind, and Fire wow. September, and I've never hated something well, I, I, so much. I'll tell you what, Brodigan, oh. who works with us, uh, is a huge Taylor Swift fan, and he's the kind of face that black people see in their nightmares. Like, Ooh, not long ago, true. he would have been the Hell's Angels with the beard <laughs> showing up, like, we heard that you kissed a white girl. <laughs> That's so that's so true. It's so true. <laughs> He's the sweetest yeah. guy. But yeah. if you were to see him, like, and just put a leather three three piece rocker on him, you'd be like, oh my god. <laughs> we'll let him know how you He's feel about Taylor. <laughs> oh, she's terrible. I don't. I, I agree with that. Coming after you. I don't. I love Brodigan, but really, I don't think she's terrible. I love Brodigan. No, I think it's weird uh, that he likes Pitch Perfect in tech news. Uh, <laughs> Google wow. engineers him, huh? are organizing a walkout over an alleged sexual harasser. Yeah. This comes from BuzzFeed. The, quote, women's walk is to protest recent revelations about Google's protection of employees that had allegedly engaged in sexual misconduct. The walkout will occur, it seems like, uh, this week, while the remaining engineers at Google are planning, quote, the best casual Friday ever. Yeah, they seem pretty yeah. happy about it. Yeah, this. I'd be well, happy with that. I think that's a female on the poll. No love lost. You're not even JavaScript. They didn't all walk out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> ladder is crap. We're gonna get letters. Oh, yeah. uh, but send, yeah. us, oh, yeah. send us your comments about the poll. That's what really matters here, yeah. folks. Not the racist Asian jokes. They can take it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were actually able to obtain a co an official copy of the, the women's walks. I think is the kind of oh, group's okay, yeah. Yeah. complaints, including some of the alleged, of course, the comments and questions that were that were made yeah. at, at Google. So uh, we've actually collected our favorites for this week's seven plus one. You forgot the fun in the chamber. Never forget the one in the Never. chamber, as, as everyone here well knows. Sure. Uh, seven plus one this week, top sexual assault comments from Google employees. We didn't know yeah. what to title it. Uh, number seven, do you know the difference between software and hardware? DOS titties. Wow. <laughs> Actually, the bullet makes that funnier. Uh, let's, uh, let's have Nim the Great give us number six. Let's, uh, there you go. You so fine, I never ban you for dead naming trannies. <laughs> Boom. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it sounded so much nicer when he says it. It did, yeah. He really does sound like it. You need more of like a militant black voice for that. Yeah, exactly. Maybe next time. To get me like, Kanye, pre, like Kanye, like Kanye pre-Trump. Maybe he'll go back to that, yeah. you know? I don't know. I know. It's kind of like Mike, Mike Tyson. He was like, well, first I want to thank, I'm very glad for my sponsorship with Wheaties. I want to thank uh, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Fast forward two years. I want to make orphans of his children. Praise be to Allah. Don't talk to me unless I fornicated with you, bitch. <laughs> um, it was a fast turnaround. It was yeah. a very fast turnaround. <laughs> one, one. Do, do, do you know what the common denominator was? It, it, Islam. Uh, number five. <laughs> top seven sexual assault comments at Google. Number five. Your Google ass looks great in my Google Glass. It is definitely not a thing. Remember Google Glass? Was, yeah, it was I going mean, to be yeah. the next big thing. I thought thing. that was going to be like the thing. And I'm like, eh, I don't Do you remember that? that? You remember the Google Glass? Uh, no. I no, don't right. at all. Just okay. I mean. Was that the thing that they want to flip down and have yes. like your everything? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's you're thinking of LeVar Burton in Star Trek, which is understandable. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what yeah. I thought of when they said it. I was like, ah. Uh. That was the most, like, they yeah. designed something that couldn't possibly, imagine being on set with LeVar Burton. Oh, yeah. He must have had an assistant, just a, just a seeing uh, eye dog assistant, basically. That would, that would suck. It's like, That's all right, am I on the spaceship? No, you're at craft <laughs> services. Well, Crap. I don't have to take your word for it. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Oh, number four. Uh, for people who don't know Reading Rainbow, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, we'll give Nim, Nim, number four. Hey, you want to go Star Wars prequel and chill? That's, wow. <laughs> I thought they hated no. the prequels. That's so bad. I, yeah, Which number, ones uh, are the good ones? The whole no, point. Number three, Orange Man Bad, Software Engineer Penis Good. <laughs> Yeah. That seems a little bit on the nose, a little derivative. Yeah, a little, uh, I love how, I love how Engineer Abby is like, it's okay, it's okay to laugh at this. Your mother already knows that you work on this show, yeah, it's Abby. It's okay, you can laugh. Uh, I'm taking number two because Thank God. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> number two, sexual assault comments overheard at Google. This is actually be the women's uh, walk, women's walk. It's because it was March. Now yeah. it's women. They're not even original. It's a walk. Names. Number really. two, you should see the Yelp reviews on my c It's mostly four stars, but one girl was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I don't like that. It's always after, that one after, review. After we wrote this, I was like, it should be Google Place reviews or something. So, or what, what's uh, what they bought Zagat? Something under the Google Whoa. umbrella. Under the Google. Rodigan. Were you too right. busy watching Pitch Perfect 19? <laughs> Wait, what was the name of that? He's quite a fan. What's the other one thing? Z Zagat. Wow, that's that that's a right? very common thing. Zagat. It's like it was the before all, Zagat was restaurant review. Meg. Yeah. Really. What that's, kind of childhood? Well, there really are some cultural Man, you white people have strange things. Well, I'm saying that's ballsy in the internet area. Be like, hey, did you check the Zagats? Like, how'd the Zagat report on it? Like, ooh. <laughs> you can never trust the Zagat score. <laughs> it's pretentious. Uh, actually, we're going to have we're gonna have G. Morgan Jr. read the number one. Oh, really? Number one <laughs> comment overheard at Google that spurred uh, the women's walk. I've got a Google map straight to your heart. No, say number one. Oh, give it enthusiasm. He needs to give it enthusiasm, Fine. Nimmer. All right, so I'm gonna give yeah. number one. Yeah, I've got a Google Maps. Split the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you! Uh, number one, I've got a Google Maps straight to your heart and. Yeah. By the way, oh, no, I told you I was gonna bleep that. We're not. Oh We're come not. on! <laughs> and the uh, by the way, and uh, the uh, top Google uh, sexual assault comments ever heard the opposite led to the women's walk. The plus one. Did you fall out of heaven? Because I'm an autistic atheist who really wants to have sex with you. That's been this week's seven plus one. You forgot to find in the chamber. Oh, Google, when will yeah. they get it right? Just, I'm really scared, though, that this could backfire for all the women. Like, it's like, they they walk out, and then it's like, oh, wait, this is the greatest work experience. They're like, their, sco <laughs> like, their stocks just skyrocket, so now you have an yeah. office full of sexists now. Turns out sex offenders are incredibly productive. Look at our bottom line. Look, profits yeah. up, bitching <laughs> down. Um, yeah, well, look, and they're, they're actually pissed off about something that happened four years ago. So the guy who invented uh, Android got a big buyout, and the claims were never even substantiated. He was he was supposedly somebody, he had sex with somebody in a hotel room, right? Or, or got him to give him a b right? But it was never Whoa, proven Gerald at all. Gerald is just Whoa. throwing all different well, kinds of yeah, that's, the, that's the word wow. that gives you case, right? Once, and he just loses Look, his no, mind. don't repeat it. Wow. Because <laughs> you're outing me here, Sensor right? button, sensor yeah, button. Okay, sensor. what are you talking about? That they're pissed off over that. It happened in 2014. Okay. The buyout that he By got way, ninety million dollars. Back off from the mic a little bit. You're giving everyone a heart attack because it's like he, this is the thing with jail. Before the show, he's like he tests he, te he tests it and then he starts getting in. I'm like what the hell are you I doing? It's too excited. It's like when he gets yeah. around a black guy. Lotty, lotty, lotty. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used black voice once. No, he hasn't done it with you because we read him the right act with the Hodge twins. He did not. Oh, oh he did it with me the first time. <laughs> it's just, I, I actually told him right before the show. I was like, I'm proud of you for yesterday. You went the whole episode. You didn't do it. That was waiting. <laughs> For you. Yeah, but it comes from a place of love. Yeah, but there's more than just the Android thing now. This isn't just about the Android guy. So you just need. There to was three it. total guys, but he was the one. They were right. pissed off because he got a buyout. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. whatever. Also him. because he uh, raped them. Uh, finally, <laughs> no, that never happened. Before we get to polls, before we get to the election, the final story of the day: a St. Louis daycare uh, has now been running a 
Fight Club ring, <laughs> which was caught on camera. It's not exactly UFC 230, which Daniel Cormier will talk about yeah. next, but uh, watch the clip. A disturbing sight. A class yeah, of preschool watching as two kids rain punches on each other. It's being called a Fight Club for kids. Epic. Boom. By the way, if you continue oh. watching that, like that, that mom there is one. She's like an inch away from world yelling out "World Star Hip Hop." As soon as she's jumping, she's like, "Oh damn! Oh damn!" Like it's two o'clock in the morning at a Whataburger. Wait, wait, are we offended by this? That's black. Like I don't, cause I got, I got at least sixty on the kid in blue. Like he kept his elbow in, and I think I'll he throw got him. On there. I think, yeah, I got you. Yeah, let's do it. Well, here's the deal. Like no. this has become viral because too many people have the problem with the obvious. Uh, Kids beating each other up. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, having watched the video, I'm actually more, I, I'm more concerned with some of the mental health uh, of the children in question. Juice box or fighting oh, word. Wow. Gerald is incredibly confused because he's, yeah. I don't think Gerald's ever seen Fight Club. I, I love Fight Club. Are you kidding me? Oh, he was just, then he was just disturbed. <laughs> I was very disturbed. He was watching it like this. Clip. <laughs> Why would he do that? Oh, <laughs> right. Anyone have anything else I want to move on here? Or is this just this is all going to be rested on me today? Okay, good. Oh, I wow. guess wow. I'm glad I took some listen, caffeine listen pills. To this. Fall on the Gerald story. writes, <laughs> Android guy was upset. They were upset because of bias. That's, and then, like, you're like, okay, Joe, that's a good idea. And that's like, that's all. That's, that's all that's, they're mad about the Android guy. That's all they're mad about. Uh, right. That's why it's not louder with G. Morgan Jr. <laughs> there was. <laughs> Or Nimmer, or Nimmer. Don't be the toady and laugh at him for me. None of you. None of you. Oh, Band of Brothers. No, I'm kidding. Although you did, did you see the fan that he had the Minnie Mouse at uh, U of M? Yeah, she was like, I'm Gerald's oh, yeah. fangirl. I never knew that. She's oh, excited. Yeah, that's because really you don't. Know, see, that was actually a test. It did happen, but it tells me that G. Morgan Jr. doesn't watch the show, which is why he's incredibly <laughs> ill-prepared. It was on yesterday's show. For I, those who are I, Mug Club members, please tweet him that he does not watch the show. Okay, so working. let's look at the election. I think beforehand, I'm not really a political guy. I think actually you probably are more than yeah, I am. Yeah. I know Ben Shapiro, uh, Brodigan is brilliant with this stuff. So what are the odds saying right now? Uh, for Republicans to keep control of the Senate, it's about a six and seven chance. Pretty and good. then um, there's a one in seven chance that Republicans keep control of the House. Okay, so very likely that Democrats take control out. This is, this, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of yeah. a flip. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think Democrats are going to be surprised. I don't know if anyone else has any opinions on this or if, if I'm going to be resting so. here by myself. I, I hope so. <laughs> Jerk. I definitely have opinions on this. I don't think, I think because of the Kavanaugh thing that we're probably going to see a lot more people that are Republicans do better or win, but I'm worried that it happened so long ago in, in political time, right? For some reason, we forget stuff after about a week. Yeah. And so we need uh, something usually has to happen within the last week of the election to get people out to the polls. Right. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if that carryover is going to happen. Putting a get her done flag on a bomb outside of an envelope doesn't do it. <laughs> so, is that not a needle mover? Maybe something else, yeah. you know. <laughs> um I think I think they're probably going to win the house. I do think yeah. they're probably but by, by by a very very slim margin. I think the blue wave if you're expecting a giant blue wave, I think they'll be surprised. That's entirely conjecture, Eric. What's it what's Oh, it? they'll be like Bipartisan movements and working in Congress will become effective. After yeah. Right. Right? Like, you know, oh. that is I don't, not how it's far work. easier to be a cynic than to tell us how you really feel. Exactly. It's how just like, oh, this lunch sucks, rather than tell everyone in the school cafeteria that you're hurting inside. Sorry, I didn't go <laughs> to the Zagat's before I ate lunch. <laughs> No, Zagat is a grading system. Right. He really doesn't he know doesn't about realize it. it's not a restaurant. It's, it's, a, they ra it's like ratings. it was Yelp before Yelp was a thing. I just feel like it's a slur that you guys got away with. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no, like no, 
It is a oh, biracial yes. gay. Oh, a zebra like... f***ing <laughs> zagging. There so, you go. Trevor no, Noah. it's a real thing. <laughs> so wait, I'm, I would be I, And by the way, also zaggots yeah. have to be incredibly unfunny, apparently. <laughs> oh, seriously, have you ever seen Trevor Noah be funny? Accidentally? Uh, there was, his first special wasn't horrible. Okay, no. As soon as he got money, it just it sucked. destroyed him. I think all the political stuff he does sucks. I just think he's not funny. I thought John Stewart was brilliant and very yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, mean, I disagree with what he said, but I really I also don't find good. Chris Rock funny. I think Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, I just don't find Chris, I yeah. feel like I'm told to Phil, like Chris Rock. No, yeah, I agree with that. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. No. Uh, I, I, here's the deal is how accurate are these predictions going into the midterms, okay? Polls are sketchy, uh, and some people trust them as reliable, and some people completely throw them out, like we talked about earlier. It's not fair to say that polls are always wrong. Neither of those positions are correct. Uh, but, and I think this is very important because the left wants you to do this, you certainly shouldn't base your voting habits on polls. You shouldn't allow, we'll talk about mental strength, mental fortitude with Daniel Cormier who had to overcome some serious adversity in his life. Um, they do sort of, it's, 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 the, it's the World War II propaganda. You know, you have already lost the war. Absolutely the Udens right. are all dead. <laughs> Give up hope. They did that. They should do it in the you yeah. said, private rhyme. Yeah. That's what the left is trying to do. And I think they try to do it with Trump. And all of a sudden, the national polls closed quite a bit with Trump nationally. Right yeah. before yeah, he, right. he won, they gave him a 99, 99% chance that Hillary Clinton would win. Uh, the national election. You well, were with me that yeah, night. Remember? I know, that's what I'm, yeah. We, our entire election stream was just tuning into the Young Turks and yeah. uh, watching the New York Times odds number. <laughs> it was great. It was one of the best nights ever. So I, I have a legitimate question for you. What? Why do we even have polls in the first place? I mean, I, I here and here's let me let me frame the question a little bit. Polls affect question. how you vote, like you just said. If you're in a in a place like. Uh, or you're voting for somebody who's going to win, running away, then you're probably not going to go vote, or maybe you're on the fence and you're not going to go out, right? Yeah. Um, and so if the poll says they're going to run away, you're going to stay home. So I don't know that I even like polls before the election anyway. See, I, don't, really I, sure I disagree. Their, I, I don't know what their purpose is. I, I, well, I, their, their purpose is for people, obviously. There should be polls for people who are running for office. I understand well, yeah, that but that's internal polling they do all the time. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't care because if someone is, is that easily influenced, then, then they're an idiot who's probably not going to vote. I know, but that's the majority of the electorate, unfortunately. No, it's not. That's oh, actually, no, that's, that's, that's the thing. Cynic now. And that's actually why polls are inaccurate. I'm not no, no, cynical. The, no, the truth is that's why polls are inaccurate very often is that they don't necessarily, they're not, there is isn't a good mechanism. There aren't effective metrics in place to measure voter enthusiasm. Right. So I, I mean, we'll talk. I think we have a source later from, from yeah, Box. Yeah. The, the, the young people lean overwhelmingly left. They don't vote. It's yeah. the same thing with black people, except for Obama. Uh, it, it's the same thing. It's why they weren't able to measure Donald Trump. They they right. don't measure they certain. It. They don't have a metric to sort of test enthusiastic voting bases who really are. Um, a, a, a quiet well, majority they, yeah. sometimes. So that is why they get it wrong. I, and I think that's important. And I do think that they try to manipulate that by putting I out do. these polls, this doomsday scenario, yeah. because they actually right. want to manipulate public opinion. But I want them to try because, and it's even sweeter. I'm not actually <laughs> uh, mad at black people not voting this time around. Like, like at first I used to be like, what? We should get out there. And then I was on Twitter. Yeah. I was like, wait, so if you come out as a Republican, CNN calls you a coon. Yes. You come out as a Democrat, they say you're on a plantation. Either way, Wait, it's CNN goes. says you're on a plantation. I don't know what CNN. No, I mean, no but one's... like Twitter, like it, they'll yeah, be like, yeah. "Oh, you're just a slave on the plantation." Oh, you're talking about like two people 
who say right. that well, stuff. No, that's the argument. Candace Owens says that. Yeah. She says, like, if you are like if you vote Democrat, you're just on the plantation. I was like, wait, so I'm that's a coon? Candace Owens says or- that. The difference is the Democratic Party tells you that you're a traitor and not black enough if oh, you're a Republican. Well, that's yeah. The Republican Party doesn't say you're on the plantation. Well, yeah, they just One person does. No, the, the, the Democratic <laughs> Party, actually, you know, they've always said not black enough. Yeah. They might be not be black. Apparently, Hillary, Hillary Clinton's more black than Nimmer because she says hot sauce before they stab her with a death penalty. Let's go through just a few polling debacles that come to mind. Uh, there are three, but two will just kind of set them up as a clock. Brexit, they were way <laughs> off. Well, unless yeah. they just override the people's vote, which yeah, they're, they're trying to do right now. Yeah, which is what they do. Right so. in retrospect. Our truly polling numbers seem to have been incorrect. Well, let's screw them against the wall, shall we? <laughs> exactly uh, Bernie Sanders, as much as I don't like him, I think he's crazy. Uh, I'm not talking about winning the primary against Hillary Clinton because she had more money than God. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that God calls up Clinton's like, ring, ring. I, you know, I don't like making this call. <laughs> 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 but I have oh a Tesla to pay for. <laughs> she, um, she's paying for it too, man. She was absolutely going to be the president, and then yeah, Barack I, Obama, and uh, then absolutely going to be the president. Then so Donald she, she Trump. didn't win the a primary and national away. polls, and yeah. but if they were very, very inaccurate with Bernie Sanders in a lot of states. Yeah. For example, uh, Michigan, where Jean Guy went, you saw Journey for Bernie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think Clinton had a ninety-nine percent chance of winning. It's ninety-something percent chance of winning yeah. Michigan, and Bernie won handily. Yeah. So they got that completely wrong, and. Bernie was like, yes, score one for all chromogeny Jews. Socialists. I thought our time had passed. Um, <laughs> he really is blooming. Thank God for Cortez. Nina Pinta Santa Maria. I love that filthy bitch. Um, by the way, hit the notification bell or the mug club. If you're watching this, you're saying you want more of it, lawlordclub.com slash mug club. You get a seven-day free oh, trial. Man. We can't continue this show without you joining Mug Club, uh, of yeah. course, on YouTube because of the overlords. And um, we're not sponsored by Farmer's Dog, even though Hopper eats it. No idea why. No idea why. Uh, and then, of course, the number one polling, uh, this is the obvious, Trump's election. Yeah. Almost all of the polls got this completely wrong. And I will say this. I, I thought that he was going to lose. Remember before this, I said the yeah. election. I said, Pro- I said, listen, don't ask me because if, if someone like Thomas Sowell of Charles Krauthammer, uh, rest in peace at that point, and even Dick Morris. I mean, between you know, That's the guy foot massages, ah. uh, got it wrong. I, I, I'm not the guy who's going to get elections right. So I'll offer you my opinion on what I think regarding certain candidates. I, when it came to the election, I said I think it's probably a 60-40 chance Hillary wins. Yeah. I didn't say 99% like the New York Times, uh, but I did put some more trust in the polls, and I learned a lesson. Yeah, so when we were doing that show, I was actually preparing myself to talk about uh, Hillary Clinton in, in some kind of light as the winner. Like, I knew she was <laughs> going to win. You're like the person who prepared an Oscars acceptance yeah. speech, and you're like, what? Meryl Streep won? How did that happen? <laughs> exactly. Grace! And, yeah, and they were... They were <laughs> I love Grace! That. Go ahead. <laughs> my favorite scene um and then we're over there and i'm like oh my gosh this is actually happening i can't believe this and and the best part and i'm sorry i know this makes me a bad person to some degree is when they showed people at her campaign celebration headquarters whatever crying crying yes I'm so sorry, but this has sucked for the last eight years. No apologies. No, no apologies. By the way, you're eating no, the mic a little bit there, uh, quarter black guard. But um, yes, not only that, not, yeah, he's, he came in really close. I was like, what the hell happened? Uh, we'll he's like LeVar Burton. He's got the visor on. Where's my microphone? Yes, I'll got it. Um, As he bing. says, no apologies. Don't no apologies. No apologies. No, no, I meant it. Yeah, like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> he said, yeah, he Still no apologies. No you're not that bold. Um, <laughs> the worst part about Hillary Clinton, too, back then, we're talking about strength and strength of character. We've been talking about that quite a bit. Yeah. Trotted someone else out for the concession speech. Remember? Yes. Yeah. Didn't even show up. She's like, "How did this happen again?" Yeah. I know. Well, she was passed out because she was like, "Just, just take the diazepam." And I was like, "310." You was like, 
<laughs> she was just backstage in a cot. <laughs> Um, I think she's that crazy. Uh, so here it comes down to why were all the polls wrong, and then we'll get into what they're doing with these polls now because the blue wave isn't going to be as big of a blue wave yeah. as they thought. Thank I God. hate that I have to get. I hate micro. This is actually that we were thinking of doing a live election stream. We might it, let me know if you want us to do it. Ooh. It's just going to be so boring. Like national elections are interesting because of the cultural ramifications, but yeah. like Ted Cruz is going to absolutely just murk Beto O'Rourke. I, I really hope it's so. not even going to be close. So outside of that, there isn't really a whole lot that interests me. How did they get it wrong again? We're right about general opinions, these polls. It's hard to predict who actually yeah. votes on election. The likely voters thing. Romney, actually, I think they had him winning, or it was it was really close yeah. up until election day. But fewer people, the, 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 the cavalry didn't come over the hill for Romney, no. less so than even McCain, if you can believe it. Well, it's because Romney shut it down in the second debate after he killed Obama in the first one. He I was he didn't, un, he didn't energize yeah. his face after that. No. He didn't. Like, he was the only one who went after uh, went after Obama in the first. Destroyed debate. him just, in the first. Then he just stepped back because yeah. he wanted to play a nice guy. Um, and then uh, you know people like Bernie or Trump who can energize a vote, voting base, like we said, who typically wouldn't vote. And that's yeah. true. I don't know if it, it, culturally, as a black person, if do you have most of your family members and friends voted. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, my mother. Well, most black women. Black women will get. It's kind of like going to church. Like they'll be the ones yeah. who be like, "You better do it." And everybody else is like, "Ah, I got things to do. <laughs> no, <we're okay>. yeah, <laughs> games to play." And got stuff things. Like yeah. Like so basketball or something. I, I, so it's kind of emblematic. It's like the women are like, "Hey, let's do this, this is the right thing." And then when it comes time to actually do it, the, the black men Ouch. aren't there. Oh. Um, <laughs> What the? F oh, come was, on! It's not as bad as your I voice. I was your just voice. about to be proud of you for using the word "merc." I was like, "Oh, he used it like uh, it's like you have black oh. friends." I was proud of you. That's a gaming term. I thought it came from is gaming it? merc. To mer I have no. Is that a black term? No. Yes, it's a black Can term. You tell Why? How so? To merc somebody, like to murder out something, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, like, okay. oh yeah, you yeah. got merc. gaming term. No, it's a hip hop thing. No, no, we stole it. We appropriated it. Sorry. Oh, well, all right. Yeah. So this is what I was talking about. Like for example, except black people often don't vote. They came out and they voted quite a bit for Barack Obama. Yeah. Uh, young people typically lean very left. It's it's a lock. Generation Z, like I've talked about, you can search it on this channel. Not so much. Uh, they're still more liberal, but you can count on them getting very conservative as they get older because they're more conservative at this point in their life than even uh, Gen Xers or certainly uh, millennials. Um, but they just don't vote. We have a source, I think, here from Vox. So the question is, how do you get them to turn out young people specifically, right? This is what happens from the left. They're kind of, remember that? Yeah. Every remember, time, actually, yeah. it was P. Diddy. P. Diddy. I don't, was he P. Diddy? Was he Puff Daddy at that I point? I don't know if he's is he still, Diddy. Is he Diddy? He was is he, Diddy. Is he Diddy now? Uh, he's a uh, brother love now. Really? Oh, that's no, right. that's no, I swear. I, yes, are you screwing with me? No, I'm no, no. serious. He's brother love. When did this happen? Uh, like a year like, ago. No, yeah, it's about a year, year and a half, something like that. Yeah. 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 Isn't that from the Nutty Professor? Brother Buddy Love. Buddy Love, but thanks for playing. <laughs> I, I, you know what though? I he is. It, he, it, it's. I bet you he probably sat. He was watching the Nutty Professor with Eddie Murphy. He's like, man. There you go. I wish I had a name like Buddy Love. I actually know it. <laughs> I know. Brother Love. <laughs> they never know. Did you see uh, the story that made him do it? Like no. he. Uh, Did he shoot like, someone in a nightclub? It's worse, actually. He took a. Uh, he went to a, his kid plays football for UCLA, and the coach was yelling at his kid too much, so he took a cowbell and smacked the coach inside the head. Really? And he was getting charges, and all these things came out, and he was like, call me Brother Love. I'm actually peace, love, and oh, happy. Wow. Oh, is that really, kind of like Meta World Peace? Where yeah. Where to punch out fans? He just yeah. wanted some more cowbell. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was that clever. Uh, I think he's just like, I'm just going to grab any bell uh, I possibly can and hit him and change my name. That's a great skill. Look, I changed it on my license. See? Can't get me. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, no, we still can. I don't think that's Shoo. how it works. So, they're trying to get the youth vote. P. Diddy did the Rock the Vote campaign and yeah. Cameron yeah. Diaz. I remember back then, it was uh, I think it was George Bush versus John Kerry and Cameron Diaz was on Oprah and she said, if you don't vote, guys, it's like saying you want rape to be legal. <laughs> even, even Oprah was like, Ooh. 
little far. I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm going to start my own network. It's going to fail and hire Tyler Perry. Um, <laughs> enter Beta or Work. They're pulling out every single uh, stop in the book right now to try and get young people to vote. Uh, here's here just like there's uh, they, like literally putting him on a skateboard, kids. <laughs> uh, I wish he would fall off right there. Bam. Uh. I'm going to kickflip my way into office. But you don't have to take my word for it. Where's the mic? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> here's one that's really, really shameful. Beto, uh, Beto's, have you seen this? Again, they're oh. trying to make it really cool. The YMCA yeah. dance. Oh, here we go. Kill me. This is the thing, like, that's like Hillary Clinton with hot sauce. The pandering doesn't even work. Like, what are kids like? I know. A washed up gay cover band in the village people. <laughs> That's what they like. They don't listen to. Hey, I don't know. Should it be something like should it be something like Drake or something? No, I'm pretty sure we're gonna go with the village people. Hey, what's the deal with that uh, gay SM Folsom Street Village person? That one doesn't really make sense. That's for us more so. <laughs> That's for after party. <laughs> there was not even one person accidentally on beat in that game. Like how? <laughs> Like, that's the most mayonnaise video I've ever seen in my life. Hey, oh, really? Hey, no? Hey, really? You think so? Is that what you think so? All right. Hold your tongue, sir, because let's go to the next clip. Hey, Jamie, is that the front yard? Uh-huh. Oh, it must be great volunteering is this at a real? Kill me. It's not parody. Is he ahead of Ted Bruh. Cruz yet? Uh-uh. Once you go better. Oh. Can we get them internships Bruh. at Google? Um, <laughs> like, is, that, is that not worse than the earlier clip? Yeah, that's, oh I was wait, so glad that you said it's so terrible. Wait, that's not real. That's real. You are just real. out of touch with the youth. Don't be fooled because oh, black don't crack. This man God. is he's not he's not young enough wait. to know what the kids are into. They're into this. Wait, that was and that's perfect. not real. That is absolutely that, Ted real. Cruz bought that. That was brilliant <laughs> on his part, but Ted Cruz oh is hiring all of he his He has like the best sense. Like, all right, now it's very important. Very important that she misses the high note. <laughs> <laughs> and I want this to appear to, I want it to take place in a subdivision with no trees. So it's very clear that they had no budget. Not ironically, but truthfully. And all white people. I really think, yes. I'm really, like, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I think Ted Cruz's campaign has been texting my phone under Beto's name <laughs> and doing, like, and shooting all of these commercials. Like, all of this is, because nobody would do that to themselves. Uh, well, they, they think it's going to work. Because here, look, elections, unfortunately, have become a beauty contest in the United States, right? Instead of looking at the skills that somebody has or their abilities. Come on. You're, you're so, no, Donald, I'm pissed what, off at What that. beauty contest is Donald Trump winning? He's judging them through a one-way mirror. <laughs> that's not a two-way mirror. Though. I think that that's a porn club, okay? <laughs> no, that was Miss America. Miss, uh, America mirror, Miss a little porn. different story. You really there. think elections are – I don't think they're a beauty contest. No, listen, I think they are a beauty – let me, let me just say it this way. Donald Trump rallied a base of people that was mad. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, Donald Trump stood no chance. You had to rile up an entire base of people first for that to happen. Barack Obama – did the exact same thing. Basically went out and said what everybody wanted to hear. I'm going to heal the nation. I'm going to take us in the right direction. Didn't have the ability to do any of it and screwed it up. We are not looking for the best qualified candidate. We're looking for somebody that makes us feel good. And that sucks because politicians will always make you feel good. 
They're always going to say it's what like their you want to hear. I right. think that's true to their a job. large degree, but not entirely. Wait, you don't you don't feel better after the village people in Greece? <laughs> no, <laughs> Greece, Greece. No, here's Greece why. Here's why. You know what? I'm, I'm going to make a prediction right now. Stephen, you're right. Beto's going to lose, and right after that, they're going to try to get him to run for 2020. Not only is he going to yeah. lose this race and suck at it royally, and I can guarantee you won't win in 2020. You know why? Yeah. Because I'm going to interview him as a tranny, like Wendy Davis. <laughs> Let it go to yes, you have to. But that's exactly what they're going to do. They're like, this guy's got it. We watched your video in the suburb. It was great. By we the way, yeah. for people who haven't seen the Women's March video where uh, Stephanie interviewed Wendy Davis, I never expected that to happen. Oh, it was awesome. Like, can we just go ask Wendy <laughs> Davis to give an interview? And, and then they were like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm like, really? <laughs> and then my wig blows off with the wind. Mid-interview. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. She's like, it's totally, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you are never going to make, you're never going to make an office again. <laughs> this I'm is glad wonderful. She went away. And by the way, I'm very familiar with the pandering, not just for the youth vote, uh, but uh, yeah. as, as we know from my, um, I, here's the thing. I hate to just bash Canada. I, I wish I were more proud of Canada than I am. But you want to talk about pandering? Uh, getting it's, it's a niche vote, but it's an important vote. The Indian vote. Let's look at uh, the Prime Minister of my uh, former home country. Uh, it's like... <laughs> I mean, you thought a black, you thought a white guy trying to do a black dance is embarrassing. He somehow made it even whiter to do the Indian dance. Uh, was, oh oh god! The, the, bar pretty, the bar's pretty low, though. Come on. Watching that made me want to put on a diaper and go on a starvation diet. Like that, we got to get white people out of Indian culture again. Wait, you don't, yeah. you don't need a diaper if you're on a starvation diet. Well, tell that to Gandhi. <laughs> I don't think Gandhi thought ahead. Really, no, I just no think I just think Gandhi yeah. had a lot of followers that were it was un, it was unwarranted. Was That's what like I think. Yeah, he would have worn a vest if he would have thought ahead. I think he would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> uh, all right. So here's the there's a point. Poll, we have to get to Daniel Cormier. Polls are often wrong. Okay, and more importantly, they're not the end all. They're not the be all. They're seeing this big blue wave. That's what the media. Here's the thing: it could be true, but it's certainly what the media wants you to think. They could have believed beforehand that Donald Trump was going to win. Uh, was going to lose, what was it, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, all uh, of them. I, I actually said, I think he wins uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio. I remember it, and I was like, I think there's no way he wins Michigan. And that's oh, just really? because in Michigan, yeah, I knew too many people in Michigan, yeah. and it, there, yeah. it's, but the truth is he appealed to a lot of the union voters who probably might, Western Michigan. might want to support Trump this next go around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I said, no, Michigan, but I think he wins Pennsylvania and Ohio. If you go back and look at it, they said, there's no way he wins Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania. They, they said he doesn't win anything in yeah. the Midwest, and he won all of it. So they could have actually thought that, but we know for certain that it is what they wanted, and it's what they wanted you to believe, and it's what they wanted everyone in Michigan to believe, and in Pennsylvania to believe, and right now, they may believe that there's this big blue wave coming, or they may not. What we do know is that they want you to believe it to stay home and not vote, and that's why you see the desperate pandering for votes, and by the way, here's one thing, too, in a very unpopular position that I hold. Tweet me if you disagree. I really don't care. I hate get-out-to-vote campaigns. I hate them. I can't stand them. If, if Kanye West is at home and someone makes it through the gates and says, excuse me, sir, have you thought about voting this election? Now you see I'm Jesus. They're like, well, have you looked at the issues? I'm going to vote now because you rang my doorbell. If that's what, if that's the straw, I don't want you voting. Stay home. I don't want people who are uninformed to vote. I don't understand. There's nothing, there's nothing virtuous in voting. Voting is not the voting is not the end uh, all be all itself. It's 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 a means to an end, and the left just wants any person they can load up onto a bus and give a free sandwich to vote to vote. I don't want you voting. People who do not understand the Constitution, you probably shouldn't vote. People who do not, it'd be like playing fantasy football, and you have no idea. Be like me playing fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't play it because I know I'd lose. Sure, I might roll the dice and get it right, yeah. but that's not how you're supposed to play it with a constitutional republic, regardless of what Don Lemon, Anderson Cooper, Kanye West, or Drake, the buttersoft bitch from Toronto, who I don't even think can <laughs> oh. legally vote, but tries to act like oh. he's from Memphis, tells you if you don't keep yourself abreast of all the issues, if you're not informed, stay home, don't vote. I don't want you determining the fate of our country. We have Daniel Cormier coming up next. Hopefully he does. He was he was late. He missed last time. I have oh. a bone to pick with him. Now I'm sure a lot of you feel out of place. Like Jamie Foxx, third string quarterback, five foot six, or Dennis Quaid. Who at the time of filming is literally 55 years f***ing old. You're weak. But you're not weak when you join together with other members of Mug Club. Some of whom have great big asses. Largely irrelevant. Join Mug Club today and vote. Or die as individuals. All right, glad to be here. Too Cute Maddie is standing in the corner there. She, she walks in the middle. Just go to your, go to your post, Too Cute Maddie. Uh, our next guest, I'm really happy to have. Who's that there on your TV? DC. It's yeah. still a horrible nickname, uh, I maintain, but you can follow him, of course, at DC <laughs> underscore MMA. He is fighting against Derek Lewis, whose nickname I'm not allowed to say. As a what? The no, black. you're not. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. Do, do you think that's just a get? Okay, well, for Daniel Cormier, for people who don't there know, thanks is. for being back, yeah. sir. Thank you for having me again, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, especially after you stiffed us the last time. If you were not the baddest man on the planet, I would be upset. <laughs> you could be upset, but instead of Crowder confronts, it would be Cormier confronts Crowder. Yeah. Pleasant. <laughs> It'd be more like Cormier beats Crowder's ass as he curls up into fetal <laughs> position. Uh, no, you know, mine is ideologically confronting, and yours is, you know, you beat people up. But you're you're a sharp guy, so maybe you can answer this. Derek Lewis... Uh, well, wow. he calls himself the Black Beast. Is that just a gag on white people so that if we say it like in the wrong restaurant, we get our asses kicked? See, it's like it's like if Derek Lewis walked in and you guys are going, the Black Beast, the Black Beast, the Black Beast, it just kind of gives him an out to just start beating people's ass. <laughs> it's like Derek wants to reserve the right to just beat people up, and so he gave himself that nickname. But it is a nickname where it's almost like, should I say it? Should I not say it? Yes. One of those deals, you know? Yeah, and if you're Papa John, you just scream out the N-word on a conference call. You're like, oh, yeah. I don't know what happened there. Why would you do that, Papa John? Um, uh, actually, by the way, for that, he was quoting someone else who said it, and still he's no longer Papa John. So, like, we've got <laughs> no more Papa yeah. John. No you more. Can't Papa. do it. Just can't do it. You don't eat Papa John's anymore? I, I, I've never, I never really was a big fan of it. The dough's a little bit too thick. Okay. If there's a food that I don't like, you know you've got some problems. <laughs> <laughs> You're more of a New York style pizza guy, not a not a deep dish. Um, so yes, I like it a little thinner. Do you not? What you know? Your nickname is DC, like we said, which is really just an initial. Are you upset at all that you didn't take the Black Beast beforehand? <laughs> you know, sometimes guys just aren't creative. You know, I'm not the most creative guy. I'm going to go ahead and stick my headphones in, Steve, just so I can hear you a little bit better. Well, I can't tell you any differently because you're you. There we go. Now I can really hear you. Okay. Good. Um. I wish I would have 
did a better job of picking my nickname, but here's the deal. I went to school at Oklahoma State, and at Oklahoma State, they don't do the best job of choosing nicknames. They're not very creative. Mm, right. So they're the ones that started calling me DC first, and then it just kind of stuck. I had never been called DC until I was in Oklahoma because Coach Smith started saying it all the time, and then everybody else just kind of picked up on it. Yeah. Uh, and this is, by the way, an opponent I want to say for people, and we'll, we'll get into more, more kind of macro issues as well. A everyone, here's one thing. Everyone else on the planet would be terrified to fight Derek Lewis, right? Mm -hmm. You're strong. You're strongly favored. You're expected to beat him. Uh, yes. And I know you've talked about before how being an underdog really drives you. You know, for example, going mm -hmm. back in with John Jones, that was a, just a legendary rivalry. Does it ever worry you a little bit that people are kind of expecting this to be just a, a walkthrough for you? You know, I, I just I think it's on me to make sure that I prepare myself to the best of my ability. Right. I can't let the odds dictate how I approach the fight. I've been a favorite before. I mean, I was minus 1,100 versus Patrick Cummins. I was minus 900 against Dan Henderson, who's yeah. one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. Right. And I was still able to implement my game plan and fight him in the way that I wanted to. Well, hold on a second, hold on a second. For, um, people, for people who didn't see those uh, fights, you ragdolled both of them. It wasn't even close. <laughs> That's why I wonder if you're like, oh, man, at sooner or later, I'm rolling the time, time's up. Because you did, Dan Henderson, I, I'm, no disrespect to any of them. It wasn't even close. You know it. I know it. So there's that little bit of, you know, as a victor where you're a little worried, like, oh, man, I, I don't want to get overconfident. At some point, I'm you, you worry that is it going to be me at some point with a guy throwing me around like that? <laughs> yes. I'll yeah. never say I, I will never say I ragdolled him. I leave that for you to say. You ragdolled you say him. It, so, you literally it, picked okay. up, and I love Dan Henderson. For those who don't know, he picked him up, watched that, and it went, <laughs> and it looked like an Acme cartoon where we're just like one of those tumbleweeds. And people, it was it was very very effective. It was bad. It was a uh, it was one of my better performances. But my whole deal is this, right? Dan Henderson's not a guy you truly want to mess with. I messed with him in the confines of the octagon. Right. I would prefer him to approach you just in random environment instead of me. So I'm not going to sit here and say Dan's an avid hunter. He knows how to shoot a bow and arrow. Yeah. This guy is a true, true bad man. So he has no teeth. Dan, hey, Dan. I love you, bud. Yeah, I know. I, listen, I like Even the one over here talking crazy. No, I'm not. I would <laughs> love to have Dan Anderson on the show. I would love to have Dan Anderson on the show. You like both I, of you. I remember back in the day when he was in Pride. I was like, man, oh, I would I love to see those super fights. And Dan, everyone was talking about Vanderlei Chuck. I was like, no, no. I really want to see Dan Anderson come over. He was the man, Steve. Um, at that point, Steve, Rich Franklin. Man. Remember? And I was like, yeah. I think Dan Anderson really. And I like Rich Franklin. Dan was the man. He was, yeah. He's, but, you know. He was the man. You, you ragdolled him. Okay. So someone <laughs> who uh, obviously everyone else would be afraid of. Let, let, did you do anything, speaking of which, spooky for Halloween? What do you do for Halloween? We, I have my kids and my wife here. So we went to uh, one of my friends has a nice apartment in town where he had like, I don't know, 600 apartments, but they listed all the ones that were giving out trick or treats. And uh, we went to these doors up and down floors. My kids wanted to hit every one, which was absolutely impossible. <laughs> so we went to a few and then we went to the gym and the guy that was working the gym was kind of like, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, DC, DC, DC. So then he just stuck his hand in the candy bin, grabbed as much candy as he can grab, and just threw it in my kid's bag. And I was like, okay, guys, Halloween's <laughs> over now. Let's put in candy. So what are we gonna do with all that? What I really learned from that story is that the, the person at the front desk of the gym was gay. Oh no. Oh, DC, DC, DC. No. Treat me like Dan Henderson. Um I <laughs> 
<laughs> I, that's what I learned from that. I, you might not even realize it. You know what? It's like actually my friend Gerald who's in here. He doesn't realize when he talks with black people, he does a black guy voice. Have you ever encountered <laughs> those people? Where he's like, yes, oh man, don't, don't even mention it, bro. He's like, what the hell are you doing? You're from Schenectady. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, okay, gay, gay gym runner. Okay, so we're talking. He wasn't about... gay. Stop that, man. Stop. <laughs> um, let me ask. You, let me ask you this: Any plan? I believe in a closed ballot box. You, you, are you planning on voting coming up this uh, these uh, elections? Uh, just say yes. I honestly, honestly, it, there there's some elections coming up like very very soon. Right. But I've been so busy worrying about the fight. And I haven't really paid attention to much, so okay. uh, so that's actually my wife good, is all about it. That's yeah, that's my that's, wife is all about it. That's that's good to not say. There's a lot of people like, man, I haven't been paying attention. I'm gonna be first in line to vote. It's like, okay, <laughs> you know what? Hold back a little bit. I, I did have this question because obviously, you know, Khabib recently had his his scuffles, uh, mm -hmm. to put it that that way. And you know, you worked with, with a company, the UFC. Dana White, it, you know, came out publicly endorsed President Trump, and Khabib obviously not a big fan. You've managed to really stay out of the fray as a someone who's on TV constantly as a commentator. Are you ever put in the middle of, of that at all, or is it just something you just carte blanche? Don't I don't I don't touch it. You know, I just don't right. touch it because the reality is there is no winning, right? There right. really is no winning. Either you're on, you're here, or you're there. And I just would rather not be involved because then it doesn't isolate me from here, or it doesn't isolate me from here. Right. And so I just kind of stay away from it. Like I really don't like. My views and my thoughts are my views and my thoughts, and I don't need to. Uh, I don't need to really share them, you know. And if you express one, you could have Dana White mad at you, and if you express the other, Khabib's entire troop of Dagestanis will stomp <laughs> you into the ground. Everybody, I mean, it's just there's no winning. There's there really no, no winning, winning with that. No, um, never. Let me ask this: We've been talking about this kind of as it relates to the current climate. A lot of people talk about being afraid on the, on, on all sides, like you said. Let me ask mm -hmm. this: As the baddest man on on the planet, you know, it's kind of this is what's obviously bestowed upon the heavyweight champion and and and, and light heavyweight champion. Um, what what is Daniel Cormier? What do you fear? What like genuinely? What scares you the most? Like Brazilian wandering spider, notwithstanding, that's at the top of all our <laughs> yeah. But what's you know, I mean, I think my fears are as as, as the same as everybody. I mean, honestly, uh, we came to New York City on Sunday for the fight, and I was just Halloween, you know. There's a reason we went to my friend Jimmy's apartment because it's terrifying to be out on the street nowadays with your children. And uh, I think that's my biggest fear. My wife was talking to me about going to a parade and I was just like, man, I don't know if I want my children in a very densely populated place and crowded because that seems to be the time that people want to do the craziest things. Yeah. And I was like, man, let's try to do something safer. Like my biggest fear is that something happens with my children. I mean, all these horrible, horrible things that are going on almost daily now, I just want to try to shield them, uh, my kids and my wife from them as much as possible. So that's what scares me. And that's honestly, I'm, I'm very safe, Steve. Like I don't, I don't really go many places with big crowds at all. Concerts, basketball games, football games. As much as I would love to go watch the Saints play every week or Oklahoma State, I really don't because there's always that, that underlying fear that uh, things are so crazy right now in the world. You know what? Uh, that's something I, I've uh, had to deal with a lot, obviously. I'm not as famous as Daniel Cormier, but um, especially with what I do, you know, listen, sometimes it's going to be more polarizing. And uh, I, 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 
I'm curious as to what, how you balance the idea of sort of either paranoia or anxiety in public places mm -hmm. versus a legitimate healthy fear. I had tickets to Tom Jones, I know, Tom Jones and Alice Cooper, and I missed both concerts because I, I got to a certain point where I said, you know what, I just don't want it to be a powder keg uh, with my wife. Yeah. And to everyone else who's, who doesn't really understand it, it's a different kind of problem that you run into. I'm like, oh, yeah. stop being paranoid. How do you balance, okay, this is a healthy fear versus maybe I'm, I'm, I'm blowing th this out of proportion. I think I think safer is better. Like that's yeah. just kind of my my idea. Like I rather err on the side of safety than take a chance at risking it, and uh, and uh, and then ultimately it costs you something that's so terrible that you really can't bounce back from. Right. You know, when you when you say you missed the Tom Jones concert, well, you missed the concert, but at the end of the day, you still have your wife, and you guys didn't run into any issues. Right. And those are the things that really matter, man. It's like you just can't – it's like you just – when you live in the public eye, especially as you are, right, because you're very uh, vocal about your beliefs, whereas I just kind of stay, stay to stay clear. Right. You're vocal. So, I mean, there are going to be a certain – there will be certain people that truly even want to hurt you or people that truly support you. And sometimes your supporters – are very dangerous because they kind of crowd you. You ever had? You ever been hurt? You. Have you ever been hurt by fans? I actually had a finger jammed really badly once by a guy. I reached out to sh and it jammed my ring finger like hard. You ever had something like that happen? Well, just grabbing, right? Like yeah. people will grab you, right? You'll be walking somewhere and people will grab you and they'll grab you. And I mean, it's just scary, it, especially my kids. They're on TV a lot. And uh, even the other day, we're in New York City and my wife is walking down the street with my children, holding them each on one side, took them to Dave and Buster's. And she said, as she's walking down the street, a guy starts walking towards her, gets down on his knees and starts to open his arms like he's going to hug my son. And I always make fun of my wife about uh, when I'm at home, I kind of hide in crevices and she walks out and I just go, wow, and it scares her and she freezes every single time. Okay. And I said, well, what happens if you're in public and somebody does that? She goes, I'll probably freeze up. So when she told me the story, I laughed. She goes, did you laugh? I said, yes, because... When the guy went down to hug my son, was it? It wasn't the gym manager, right? Grab him. No, it was <laughs> just was, some guy on. Okay. It, it was some guy walking the street. He went to hug my kid, and she yelled, "Don't you touch him!" And she kind of kicked him. And I go, I laughed because you did not freeze. Right. You instantly protected our kid. And she was like, "Don't you ever touch him!" And she told Daniel, "Don't let anyone touch you." Yeah. Because people see them in the public too, and for her who she didn't really choose a public life. She right. married someone that has a public life. It's uh, it's her and our kids have to kind of live that way too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a real thing and it's scary. Good for her though. You know what? I think, I think you do get a little more license. I don't know if you feel this way. For example, we just, this, we did this big show at U of M, you know, and thousands of people showed up and there was this after party afterward. And there was a, uh, there was a guy from uh, Michigan state sitting down who just started really trying to start a, a fight. Uh, I was to mm -hmm. be fair. I was I was basically my friend was Liberace for Halloween. Owen Benjamin. He's a pianist and he's six foot seven, yeah. two eight. He's a giant, so he stands out. He's got a big <laughs> pink rhinestone cape, and I'm an assless chaps and uh, and uh, short shorts. And he's like, so you what? You like an effing gay cowboy? I said, yeah, man, I guess so. And he kept trying to go on for a fight. Um, and, mm -hmm. I, and I and I have to say, he was he was an African American gentleman, and uh, obviously <laughs> people uh, right now with their attentions. Uh, I was like. I don't want to get into a fight with this guy because of the liability. Now, that being said, if this guy were shoving someone like my wife, because he did get a little bit pushy physically, I think I'd probably go berserk. And it's probably well, you have more to. licensed, like your, your wife maybe freezes when it's her, but with her children, that mama bear yes. thing kicks in, 
it kicks in. And, and, and I'm happy it did, you know. And uh, she told my uh, my son even, don't let anybody hug you. Like, yeah, you don't have to take pictures if you don't want to. You don't have to let anyone hug you, you know, just because um, that's not that's not part of the deal. You know, they're just two kids with their mom trying to enjoy uh, New York City. Yeah, that is creepy. That's really creepy. A guy's very creepy, hug random kids. I mean, I'm a, I, I get awkward with like kids I know, like my friends when their kids are there. I'm like, you know, like uh, my friend Johnny Boy, my yeah. producer, his daughter has a major crush on me. She's not. She's like, I want to marry you. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. She's like, no, look at me. Look at me. You're everything I've ever dreamed of. To make it more awkward, I turn to Johnny Boy and I go, John. I would never take it, I daughter. would never take advantage, bro. Just so you know. And you can make that seem more Get your daughter, John. Get your daughter. Yeah. She's very uh she is very, very aggressive at a young age. So you did last time I think uh, even with us you spoke about this, that you were planning on hanging up your gloves, I think your your birthday in, in March, your fortieth birthday. Yes. Uh and you're you're not only broadcasting with MMA, but I know you've talked about uh, branching out into other sports. You're just you're just a good commentator in general. I think you break the mold of what a lot of people think of. When a lot of people think of MMA fighters, they think of something in their mind's eye that is the Black Beast. Let's be honest. Yes. Even though he's yes. not that way, but yes. the nickname. Um, so you have a, a career afoot in broadcasting. Are you hanging up the gloves still, March? Are you? Is that is that set in stone? Yeah, the date is still the same. I'm not. I'm looking to fight this time, and then hopefully fight Brock Lesnar beginning of the next year, and then that'll probably be it. I mean, I just don't want to be that guy that goes out on his back, man. We've seen so many of our great champions uh, that had all these shining examples, these moments that are etched in our minds forever, but they stay too long. Right. And by the time it's over, they're getting beat by people they never would have gotten beat before. So yeah. um, it's I don't want to be that guy. I want to, I want to leave uh, people with the memories that I, 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 I have had um, up to this point. You know, uh, case in point right now, we've got um, Chuck Liddell fighting Tito Ortiz. I mean, yeah. those guys aren't broke. They're not broke guys. Like, people think these guys are fighting for money. They're not broke. They right. want to fight because they still think they can fight. I just wish my memories of Chuck would stay him in the octagon just uh, going crazy. Right. Or Tito Ortiz doing the gravedigger thing, you know? But it's like they're fighting each other, and one of them has to lose. Right. And that will be something that will be stuck in your mind. Imagine if you're Chuck Liddell and you lose this fight. You're up 2-0. Yeah. One of the greatest rivalries in the sports history. You go and give this guy the last one? It's like It doesn't make any understand. sense to me. It's 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 you no, know Chuck it Liddell's no and he won two fights and then, you know, who kn who knows what Tito's doing over there? Who knows what anyone's doing Tito over there in better. Bellator? Let's be honest. They could be walking here. They're not even pushes. fighting Bellator. They're fighting for Golden Boy Promotions. Oscar De La Hoya oh. is promoting the fight on pay-per-view. And I mean, I love Chuck. You know, I think Tito's a great guy too. I just, I just worry. I worry about what happens on that night. Yeah. No, I think you're. I think I think you're right. And let me let me ask you this. You you see, you were really tense at one point in your career. I think kind of in that that period where you've talked about how you really felt you had something to prove, and you really didn't like John Jones. Then you couldn't get back at him because of all the drug controversies. We seem to see a relaxed, really happy Daniel Cormier. I know you're generally a, a, are seen as an affable guy, but to yeah. me, it's noticeable. Let me ask you, is, is there some kind of a, a, a corner you've turned, or is it just because you, you keep winning? Like, do you think that you that can maintain this demeanor? I know we have to get going soon. Do you think you can maintain this demeanor and this calmness if you were to lose? Or do you think it's just victory makes you so? No, it's just who I am. And also, Steve, me not having to cut all the weight. Yeah. And I wasn't saying, uh, I was just, there, 
stop. That's better, right? Does that take off some of that light off of my face? You look gorgeous yeah. either you way. Look, yeah, you look good. I'm I'm gym <laughs> managing out here. Stop, man. Okay. No, <laughs> go ahead. Crazy. You look great either way. And thank um, thank you, faceless man, for helping. <laughs> that's Bob. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, thank you, Bob. <laughs> that's Bob. Um, um I know I'm sure it helps, well, I, but you do seem much more relaxed to rephrase it. You seem more relaxed all the than, than what was that? Oh wait. It's not cutting all the weight. Oh. I, you know, I'm fighting up at heavyweight now, so I'm not losing 45 pounds to get to the fight. You know what I mean? And also just really being content with everything that I've accomplished in this sport. I mean, win or lose this weekend, which I won't, you can't take away what happened in July, right? Those right. images of me with two belts will always remain the same. That's true. And I think there's a comfort in that. There's a comfort in the accomplishment. And I know that even though I'm comfortable in the accomplishment, I'm not ready to let it go but i am who i am and that'll never change people can't take anything away from me anymore well i i'm really glad to hear that and i i'm sad to hear that you're hanging them up uh just make sure two things promise me two things you're not just going to gain a ton of weight and be a walking coronary like a lot of previous <laughs> o-linemen in football that you know you're going <laughs> to stay healthy and don't get in a propeller plane we saw how that ended with rocky marciano we don't want to lose you to an elm tree <laughs> um never okay and final those question. are two things you don't have to worry about okay. <laughs> good hey okay 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 I got to be careful with eating too much. That's one thing I got to be careful with. But I got to be on TV for the rest of my life. So I got to maintain at least some sort of, you know, this beauty that I have on my face. Look at that. Yeah. I even got my teeth yeah. fixed, Steve. Look at that. Now, did you wait? Like, were you, was that like, because, you know, <laughs> hockey players don't get their teeth fixed. because we, we talk about crazy fighting. As hockey players back in the day, enforcers would have 40 fights in a season. They have to get right back on the ice. Yeah. So they just never fix their teeth until the end of their careers. Was that a conscious decision for you? Yeah, it was time. You know, I started to do more things like your show and, and more like more national things outside of mixed martial arts. And there's an idea or a, a way you need to present yourself when you're doing that. And uh, it was time. Teeth I could help. have done it a long time ago. And I also knew that, you know, as I get closer, you know, it's time to get it done. I put it off, put it off, put it off, because if this thing gets knocked out Saturday, I just go get it fixed again. Right. I only have one more fight. But five, six years ago... I had 13 more fights, and if it was getting knocked out every single time, it really didn't benefit me. So yeah. it was just time to get it done. But was it tough? Like, were you ever self-conscious about it during that time? Like, uh, look at that. Not really. I mean, I just kind of it kind of became who I was. You know, I, yeah. I've always had like partials that I could stick in. Oh, that's I just right. chose not to. I always had things that I could like put on my put like a retainer and all this, but I just chose not to. I, I, I was always uh, comfortable with who I am. Well, you're a bold man, and you're braver than I am, because I get really pissed about all these gray hairs that I have at 31. I'm like, what's uh, going on, Kim? Mr. Ca Captain Fantastic, this is bullcrap. And, <laughs> and then my wife's like, you should just ferment it. I'm like, you're supposed to support me as I become a silver fox. <laughs> you are. Uh, i tell you one thing, man. The guy, the guy that has glorious hair like you, and it's all silver... I think that's a winner. Makes you look distinguished. Uh, yeah, let it exactly. go, Exactly. I, 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 well, thank you, but it's... No, uh, I no no. <laughs> I don't care that you can kick my ass off. You can grab me by my still brown hair. No, I'm gonna let it go gray. I'm not gonna do the. Uh, the worst is when someone goes gray and then they dye it, uh -huh. like, and they don't do the gradual dye. We had a pastor yeah, come then, in one day and it was it was bright blonde. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> everyone is watching you right now. Going, we saw you yesterday at the stage. Yeah, train. come on, dude. Uh, come on. Final question. Obviously, the fight. Um, I want to make sure it's a black beast. Derek Lewis, it is happening November 2nd, UFC 230. Yeah. Let me ask you this. We were talking about this. We had Boss Room 9. Would I say, did I say second? Sorry, I meant to say November. You said second. That's Friday, Friday the second start of weigh-ins. 
The third is the actual fight from Madison Square Garden. I am terrible with numbers. Yeah. Fights are always Saturday, unless I think sometimes if they're in different countries' time zones. Let's not get technical. Yes. It's November 3rd, UFC 230. We had Boss Rutten on the show the other day, and I was talking about you know his serious neck injury that he had had at one point. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but for him it was a real struggle to, to start even moving you know five pounds. And, and, and now he's back to basically full, full, full ability. We talk a lot on this show about, about strength, and there's this idea, I think, this false idea of machismo, and it's often associated with fighters. And I use, I use Boss Rutten as an example because for him, he was weak as a kitten with one arm after the neck injury. But he was strong because he said, okay, I'm going to get past, I'm going to push past this. And eventually he got back to where he was. Whereas a lot of people just don't push past that discomfort. To Daniel Cormier, best fighter on the face of the planet right now before you leave, how do you define strength? What do you think matters most, particularly for a lot of young men listening? I like the mental, you know, honestly, man. And, and I think, and this might be like, oh, we don't want to hear this about fight promotion. But I think strength to me, honestly, is defined by a guy like Derek Lewis. You know, uh, when Derek Lewis was a teen, he left Louisiana down to Texas and got in a ton of trouble, ended up in prison. Now, you know that when you go to prison, there are guys in there every night saying what they're going to do when they get out and how they're going to be better when they get out. And they'll never go back. And I'm going to make a life for my family. And they write these notes and they do all these things as to how life is going to improve. Mm-hmm. but then they end up back in prison. Recidivism rate right is after. right, yeah. Recidivism rate is, is through the roof. Derek Lewis never went back. Derek Lewis became a millionaire. Derek Lewis is fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world. That's why when people say, how hey, you knocked that guy out with 10 seconds? I'm like, 10 seconds, that, that doesn't surprise me because this man fought from the pits of hell to build himself back up to this point. Yeah. To me, that's strength, right? When you are dealt with unbelievable adversity, And in the face of that adversity, you don't crumble. You try to build back. When I lost my daughter and life tried to knock me down and put me out for the count, I tried to rebuild myself. When a person goes through these terrible tragedies that are going on today, the families of these people that are dying in these mass shootings are dying when someone decides to drive their car into a crowd of people. These families that scrape themselves off the ground and rebuild that strength yeah. when you're dealt unbelievable adversity and you come through it and become better for it. That is what defines strength to me. It's not about lifting something up. It's not about uh, when everything's going good, you're, you're the champion and everything. It's about when stuff gets bad, how do you change it? Yeah. That's why, that's what I feel strength is. And that's why I respect the guy that I'm fighting on Saturday. Well, I think that's a very gracious answer. Uh, I think it's very accurate of the Black Beast. But I would add one to it, because I'll give you a pat in the back. I also think equally as important is when someone does have great power. It doesn't mean there isn't adversity, but when someone has made it through the adversity, how they wield it, what they do with it, you've been a class act as a champion, and that means a lot as well. That fight is happening November 2nd, uh, 3rd. I was, third. I just, I was saying in my mind, don't say second, don't say second, don't say second. And I said second, oh, he's going to kick my ass. And then I said Black Beast, and it's going to be a hate crime. UFC 230. <laughs> Number second, Daniel Cormier, thank you so much, sir. Be safe. Thank you. Okay, America, see, first off, these are all my toys, but look how many of the toys I get now along with uh, cheeses because of Mud Club. 
Uh, I know, but I noticed that uh, Farmer's Dog, which Hopper eats all the, uh, along with cheeses, uh, sponsor other podcasts that shall remain nameless, but they don't even have a dog. And I'll give them some of that. And if, uh, if Farmer's Dog didn't want to sponsor uh, Hopper, I'll show you, I'll give you some of that. Uh, it, it's a deal that makes sense. It makes sense. And more that. Unless you want Hopper to die, join Mug Club at lotterwithcrowder.com slash mug club. You get to try for seven days free, and um, we're not sponsored by Farmer's Dog, so you know we're not making money any other way. All right, single live read of the week, because uh, Owen Benjamin is not here, and uh, actually Eric had uh, had to go to the bathroom. lotterwithcrowder.com slash mug club. This is uh, where you get to see the daily show every single day. Full hour show every day. Well, not actually not on the weekends. Uh, and you get access to the entire CRTV catalog. $99 annually, $69 for students, veterans, active, military. Uh, and you get seven days free. You get to give it a whirl, especially in the time of YouTube. And especially when we, you know, like going out to U of M was an incredibly costly endeavor that took a lot of time and man hours. We wouldn't be able to do it if not for Mug Club members. Really, I can't thank you enough. And uh, if you're looking to purchase a firearm as well, the only other main sponsor we have on the show, we don't sell we don't sell you things every day for single different commercial break, Walther Firearms. Here's the deal. Google review right now, Walther PPQ. That's my favorite gun, period. Just Google Walther PPQ review. You will not find it. You'll have to go to page 10 of Google to see anything other than glowing reviews. Uh, and there are a lot of good guns. Yeah, Glocks are great. There are plenty of Glocks. You can go with a, a, a H&K. You could go with a Smith & Wesson. You could go with a SIG. At that point, it's like Mercedes or BMW. That being said, I've never had anyone who's actually tried the Walther and decided to go with another firearm. So all we ask is try it. They have the balls to sponsor the show. And of course, lotofcredit.com slash mugclip keeps the lights on, uh, on, onward with the show. Go, go, Hopper, stop that licking. That was a variation on an older version that I'd done of that. That was the Greg. That was a Luganis. A little drowning dance. Hit my head in the back of the diving board. Put AIDS all over the Olympic pool. Ooh, you okay? Yeah, I'm a little lighthanded there. You know that story? I think it, I uh, lost it. Greg, Greg Luganis. You don't know that story? Diving. Oh, I didn't famous know that. You know he did the, he hit the, hit his head in the backboard, blood all over the pool. Turns out I, th- I think he had HIV. Yeah, I think that's, a, a, that's one way to I think there was transmit. a made-for-TV film, and I think it was Mario Lopez who played him. Couldn't even that, get Louis Diamond Phillips. Up. Poor guy. That's the worst way to go. That really yeah, is terrible. Lips. It's like, couldn't we get like John Leguizamo or something? I don't know why I'm doing the Steven Seagal voice. <laughs> Owen Benjamin and I, before we left for U of M, were just watching Steven Seagal films. And one thing, he never gets hit. And I was doing research after. I was like, how does this happen? And is he that the, is he's like, my, he, there's an actual quote. My audience would never believe such a monumental occasion. I'm awesome. He really believes his so own hype. he wrote it into the scripts? Like, yeah, he, no, he, no, no punches. There was a film. There was. A, by the way, thank you to Daniel Cormier. I was this close to asking you, Daniel, if you could, uh, who would win in a fight, you or Steven Seagal, just because I wanted to piss him off and see if we could get him to, you know, storm off the show. He's so nice, though, Daniel Cormier. He's super nice. Um, super nice dude. And I'm really sad it's going to be his last fight, and uh, a really good guy. And you know what? I think, I think his worldviews might surprise you. 
That's not to say no more. Um, just a really good, he's a hard worker. He's a family man, and uh, he's a good guy. Um, what was I talking about? Steven Seagal. Yeah, yeah. No, there was a film. I don't know the name of the film. I would love it if people just let me know. Send, send in uh, send in your tweets, and also by the way, your questions. Life advice at ladderwithcrowder yeah. We're doing a, a segment next week, and a Devil's Advocate next week with Stephen Molyneux. Oh, he. John Leguizamo, I don't know the film with Steven Seagal and John Leguizamo, but apparently he was supposed to die. They were supposed to shoot it at 6 a.m., and they only shot it at 8 p.m. that day because he just refused to die. Mm. He was like, my, 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 my viewers would never accept this. <laughs> it is highly unrealistic. All right, hold on a second. I got to drink some water. Say something, Quarter Black. I don't know. It's in the script. Um, what's up, bros? All right, I got it. It's just, you really need to Negros. get out of that rhythm. Um, okay, so let me take off the clown mask now. <laughs> uh, it's been, I'm not going to lie to you guys, it's been a tough spell. It's been a tough spell for a while uh, for me, and I'm incredibly appreciative. When we do these live shows, so U of M is an example, it was really, really hard. It required getting a lot of people out there. It's a 17-hour drive. Uh, most of us flew one way, drove the other way to try and kind of pass it off. Um, and, uh, you know, some things some things could have gone uh, better that we had issues we've talked about. If you're a member of Mug Club with the union members at U of M who didn't let us get in when we were supposed to get in, so they were lining everything. You know, it takes a crew of 12 people. It was very hard and very draining physically. And listen, not cancer, nothing like that, but I'm not a guy who likes to necessarily get into uh, – my health isn't is, – it's not in the best of sorts right now. These are things that are that can be corrected. Um but serious enough to warn, you know, I've taken really a couple sick, two sick days in the history of this company. Uh, a lot of the time when people see we're not doing it, they don't realize that we're actually we're rebuilding something or we're actually yeah, pre-taping something. Like a change my yeah. mind, we just, we just can't do a show the day we do a change my mind or doing yeah. U of M. That was da days and days of prep oh, yeah. and getting out, several days of travel. Uh, there might be some more. And, and you know what? Let me know who you would like to see as a, as a fill-in host. Um, not right now, but probably around Christmas break. Uh, and one thing I will say, though, doing these live shows, which can be really exhausting, and they really can, uh, the reaction, the interactions with the, 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 the fans, the people are really incredible. Um, the people who support the show, Mug Club, I mean, it was crazy to me. It was at least 60 70% of people at that, at that, that theater and by the way, it overflowed. Thousands of people were Mug Club members. Oh, yeah. There was a So that's not lot. even just non-Mug Club members. Because cool. the Mug Club members get their hours in advance. So that's always... It really is a team of people. Uh, we really do feel like it's familial. And we, we're overwhelmed by the support. Um, but I also do notice an ongoing theme. And you've probably seen this in Q&A. Particularly with the upcoming election. Fear. A theme of people being afraid. And a lot of the different people, they find different ways to get over them. Uh, a lot of people find that this show helps them. I had some people say, listen, man, I just, I am so tired of news and politics. This was a veteran who talked about how he had been suicidal. I actually have a, um, a Navy cross there. We haven't figured the, the perfect place to put it yet, so it's just safe. So thank you, yeah. sir, again for sending it. But we're going to put it right next to the, it would be fitting, the ultimate warrior's uh, action figure that Mike Ward gave us. That next yeah. to a Navy cross. Uh, that crystallizes this show. Um, some people say this show helps them. Uh, it's really important, though. This isn't obviously the only one. Therapy is probably better than this show because everyone on the show needs therapy. So understand, it's important you understand the difference between being afraid, and I don't always get the chance to answer people this way, and uh, being afraid of something and being fearful. There are two different things. And on this last segment of the week, you know, it often ends up, be, I think it ended up being branded Crowder Closes because people were uploading it anyway. <laughs> and I was like, I want those dollar, dollar bills. So I, I try to be vulnerable. I try to be earnest. Because um, I don't think lies help. I don't think being completely disingenuous helps. Uh, I don't think false ego helps. 
And because I know a lot of you out there might be experiencing some of the same pain and, and fears that I've gone through or that I'm going through or people even hear sometimes in the studio. So if it helps you, um, it'd be wrong for me to keep it to myself. And I think a lot of people often go, you know, don't, don't be afraid. Oh, listen, be brave. But they don't really tell you how. And if you have some, let's say it's, you know, The Rock or someone like Daniel Cormier. That's why I really appreciate, appreciate the interviews with Daniel Cormier. Because Daniel Cormier is an, a, a world-level ass kicker. And on this show, not always, but on this show, he's been very vulnerable about what it is that scares him, about the fact that he's nervous before every fight. Very specific. And I tell you what, for me, that inspired me. I don't know about you, but hearing Daniel Cormier say, I get nervous before every fight. I didn't feel so bad about, you know, th throwing up or painting the porcelain before every single live show. Corey Black knows this. I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy speaking no. live. I get very, very nervous. But when you get up there, you look really good. Well, thank you. I appreciate the lies. Checks in the mail. It will clear. You needn't say I'm this. It's going to clear anyway. <laughs> just, like, just like a black belt from Steven Seagal. Your check cleared. And I'm amazing. So if it does help <laughs> you the way Daniel Cormier, Brian Shard, George St. Pierre, Thomas So we've had a lot of great people here who've, been, who've actually talked specifically about things that either scare them or difficulties they've overcome. Um, that's been something that's been ins inspiring to me. And so... I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. There are a lot of things that scare me, but I, I don't live my life. Let me, let me, let me go through it. Um, and I'd like to, to, to hear you guys uh, 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 tell me what it is that most scares you. Going out on a limb here, and I know it'll be used against me eventually, but I also know that there's someone else out there who probably feels like they're alone, might think that they're at the end of their rope, and maybe this will help. So it's one person that's worth it. Um, I'm, afraid of, I'm afraid of being alone. That's something I'm really afraid of. Uh, this idea, you know, people talk about being alone in a crowded room. We often hear it in sound lyrics. That often happens. I can be surrounded by a lot of people and not really know who uh, a friend is or know who necessarily cares about me. And especially when you have so many supporters and I'm grateful for them, um, you're always afraid that that goes away and that there's this sort of dead still of quiet. I've always been very, I'm afraid of being alone. Uh, I'm afraid of burning out. It's one of, one of my worst fears. I'm afraid of burning out. Like after University of Michigan and again, when you have kind of health struggles, nothing serious, you just, it's hard. It's, sometimes it's hard. I can always get up and do the work that I need to do as far as, okay, show up, hit the mark, do the sketch, fine, write the joke. But when you don't have anything to aim for, sometimes it's really hard just to think up right now, okay, where are we going to do the next change? What's the next super video? Where, where are we going to go on location? Because so much needs to be planned. And it's, it's just like, you know, a lion tamer. It's the different legs of the stool that keeps the lion completely confused. That's the only reason that this person, is, this circus clown is not getting eaten. I get overwhelmed sometimes. I'm afraid of burning out. Um, I am afraid of not being deserving of this platform. Frankly, I'm afraid of that. Something I've always been afraid of. Uh, I see the faces. I see people who come up when they, they tell me their personal stories and how much this program means to them. I'm, I really am grateful, but I'm a, I think I often feel undeserving. Uh, I work really hard. Again, I, 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 be, I try to be honest with people. I, I probably work harder than anyone I know, and that's kind of a reputation in the industry if you ask other people. I, I'm a Clydesdale. Uh, not a show horse, clearly. Not an Arabian prancer, dancer, whatever it is. All you equestrians, I don't care. Go do your dressage. But um, I'm afraid, I, I often feel undeserving of the platform. Um, I'm afraid of mistakes that I've made which have harmed others, and I, I don't necessarily know what they are. Sometimes when you're in a leadership position, this keeps me up at night. I'm afraid that I've made mistakes that have caused ripple effects, and they were mistakes that I could have avoided, especially when you, know, you have employees and you're in your, you're in your mid-20s. You make mistakes. Mistakes are okay, but I, 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 I have trouble sleeping sometimes when I think about, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. That's something that bothers me a lot. I'm afraid of the Brazilian wandering spider. That goes without saying. Um, yeah. I'm afraid of not, doing, not knowing when I've done the right thing. 
that's something that's hard. Afraid of the mistakes and sometimes not knowing if you've made a mistake or done the right thing because sometimes you make a decision that you have to make for someone else in the team or someone else in your life that negatively affects one other person. Sometimes it's just like we don't have that much room in the lifeboats. Sometimes you have to make hard decisions and sometimes you think you have to make hard decisions and it's just wrong. I'm afraid of that. Uh, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid, frankly, that he used to have a bad temper. I'm afraid of it coming back. I'm afraid of Mr. Hyde rearing his ugly bisexual head. That was a, sm- that was a short phase. Um, no, I'm, I'm afraid. Afraid of, afraid of getting angry. Afraid of being too emotional. Afraid of being obsessive. Uh, because of that, I'm afraid of alienating friends, family, people who I care about most. It's something I think about a lot. Sometimes a lot of pressure. Uh, sometimes a lot of compression comes hyper-volatility emotionally, and I'm afraid of pushing people away, especially when you have people who you love who either work with you or in close proximity. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm afraid of, and this is why you might have seen that there was a pause uh, at U of M. Um, I'm afraid of having children. I'm really afraid of having children. I said I, I don't like kids. That's not true. I like kids. Uh, that's a smoke screen. I kind of don't like sticky kids. Uh, but I'm afraid of having children, deathly afraid because of thrusting them into a life that they didn't choose. Um, I've had a lot of close calls. I've had even just not close calls. I've had very unpleasant encounters. We've had people who just work for this show, who've had been spat on. We've had people get violent with them. Even at, at U of M, we had people trying to start a bar fight for people who weren't even on stage, but they knew worked with the crew. I'm really afraid of having children and bringing them into that. It's always been something that bothers me. And because of that, something else I'm afraid uh, of, the fact that my fear of, of having children uh, could cause irreparable damage with a wife who I know deserves them. I'm not saying I'm never going to have kids, by the way. I'm just saying it's a, str- it's a fear that I struggle with. And I know a lot of people struggle with these fears. We talked about the church groups often when people aren't honest. I need to be forgiven for being a workaholic. I spend too much on Facebook. You know what? No, I'm telling you exactly what I'm afraid of. I'm telling, I'm, I'm telling you what my weaknesses are because I know, and some of these are actually things that I feel as though I should have expressed a long time ago because I constantly encounter these at live performances where people say, you know what, I really struggle with this and you help me with it. And I'm going, you know what, I should just tell people. I should just tell people that I struggle with that. I just tell people that I struggle with, with burnout and fear of that. Or I should just tell people that I'm afraid of having children. Because it might help them to not feel so alone. We hear that so much from the left. Oh, don't be alone. Only they try to tell you you shouldn't feel alone in your depravity. I'm telling you you shouldn't feel alone in being afraid of things. But hopefully there's a solution that we'll get to after this. I'm afraid, uh, I'm afraid of all of this going away and 15 people being out of a job. That's one thing that really scares me. If I'm undeserving and all, it all goes away, or you say the wrong thing, that can happen to anyone these days. We've been really blessed. There's 15 other people who rely on Mug Club and your support, not just myself. That's something that's really scary. Uh, here's a, you know, let me end, end on this. I'm afraid of not being able to discern the things that I can control and the things that I can't and wasting energy trying to fix things or trying to contain things that I can't control. I'm really afraid of not having discernment or not having perfect discernment. I think that's what a lot of these fears stem from. And even more, I think I'm, I'm afraid of not fixing the issues that I can control. And that would be even harder to live with. So it's a vicious, it's just this never-ending cycle of what can I control, what can I not? And if you can control it, you better do something about it because people are relying on you to fix this. And if it's out of your control, you're spinning your wheels. And the people who are relying on you they're just going to see you burn out, and then you can't help them. It's, it's a really difficult 
thing to break. It's a really difficult cycle to break. Uh, I'm afraid of all of these things. And Snake Island. But I don't live in fear. And neither should you. And I, I hear this a lot, particularly with this election. Uh, you shouldn't live in, it's okay to be afraid of things. Everyone is afraid. Bravery is doing the right thing in the face of being afraid. But living in perpetual fear is different. Just like people tell lies, but lying to yourself consistently is corrosive to your soul in a way that is very different from telling somebody they don't look fat in a dress. Living in a state of fear is different from being afraid. You do not have to live in fear, regardless of the election, because you're not alone. And not only are you not alone because of whether you believe in him or not, God says that you're not alone, but let's get out of, you know, what people may see as corny sort of metaphysical bumper stickers. Uh, if you're watching this live right now, okay, look at how many people are watching live with you. If you're watching the show afterward, just look at how many subscribers, mug clubbers there are next to you. Take solace in knowing there, there are millions upon millions of people right now in arms with you. And you know why those people have hit the subscribe button? You know why those people have bought this? Listen, it's, it's awesome. It's hand etched, it's girthy, it's hand painted. This is just a symbol. You know why millions of people have supported this program? It's not because it's, it's, it's funny. Every now and then we get a few right. It's not because people feel as though this is the only place they can go for political information or insight. Millions of people have signed up because they have been through something similar to what you are going through or to what you have been through. Look at that subscriber count. That's the ceiling right now on YouTube. I just lost my pen. The ceiling for conservatives on YouTube is our channel, right? And that's also a burden that scares us because we're going, man, we're, we're changing the blueprint every single week and we're trying to do right by you. Elections fluctuate. And I, I, we get so many emails, especially in the life advice, but well, what do I do with the election? I feel that our country's done. I hear that every single election. Elections change, parties change, and it goes back and forth. But win, lose, or draw, whether it's this go around or the next go around, you're not alone. You don't need to live in fear. Do you feel better at all? Does that help you feel better? I know sometimes you're supposed to be feel good segments, but it, it, it doesn't really matter, okay? Because whether you feel better or not, that's the truth. So take it, if you feel better, good. Now it's your obligation to help the next guy. Go make sure today, right now, if you're listening, if you're watching this show, immediately, imme pause this. There's only gonna be a few seconds of music afterward anyway. You don't even need to hear it. You probably heard the song a million times with Pogo. Pause it right after this phrase and immediately go ensure that somebody else out there doesn't feel alone and doesn't need to live in perpetual fear. If all of us do that, that's what changes this country and that's what creates a team and that's what gives people not only self-belief but belief in their values and belief in real change. Make sure today, right now, this is the last phrase, I'm getting near the end of this now, name that movie line, that you go out and ensure someone else doesn't feel alone and doesn't have to live in fear because that's why we do this. We'll see you next week. We've got Devil's Advocate, Stephen Mullen, that's gonna be fun. Pray to that. Yeah.